What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Welcome back, friends, to another episode of Infertility and Me Podcast. I'm your host, Monique, as you all already know, but if it's your first time, welcome, welcome, welcome to Infertility and Me Podcast. I'm so glad that you're here getting the help, support, and validation that you need. Today, we are joined by Glee Nobly. She is a U.S.-born citizen, but she now lives in the UK with her husband, and she's going to tell us all the deets and give us all the tea about her story thus far, surviving infertility for many years, and what that's been like for her and her husband, and where they are right now. So, Glenobly, thank you, dear, so much for coming on the show, giving us your time, and we're on different time zones, so I, I really appreciate you coming on the show and giving us some of your evening today. Well, thank you for having me, Monique. I appreciate it. Yes. So how did you and your husband meet, girl? How did that all go down? Well, actually, we met through online means. Mm -hmm. So when we both lived in the Midwest. Gotcha. 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 So was it during your adult years or was it earlier and maybe right around college or after college? No, I it was our adult years for sure. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. Now I know that you said that you have endometriosis. Were yeah. you a teenager when you got diagnosed or is that something that transpired after you guys started trying to have a baby? Oh, I discovered that after trying to have a baby. Mm-hmm. So I was, yeah, the, all of this started about 13 years ago. So and I always wanted to be a mom my whole life and it just hasn't happened for me yet. And so I've had to deal with those circumstances. And yeah, finding out I had endometriosis was troubling, but I had some surgeries and got it handled. So, okay. but just yeah. didn't work out for me. <laughs> did it, did your endometriosis have indications when you were in your 20s or teen years sometimes no, we have not no, at all so it was silent okay no, yeah so yeah. how did that transpire with you getting diagnosed was it the testing that your fertility clinic did to assess your reproductive organs and they found endometriosis yeah yeah that's what happened and i okay. ended up going back to my primary doctor at the time and mm-hmm. went ahead and did more tests and had had some surgeries and things and had it handled and then yeah and then you know life goes on and things happen and and I just it just didn't for some reason it just didn't work out and then so I but I don't I don't give up that's the biggest biggest thing that I can say is to just never give up Did you have to have endometriosis removed? Was there any scarring or sometimes it has like a web-like effect where it attacks other organs? Yeah, well, it was thankfully just removed. So uh, I didn't have any strangeness or any, any of that that happened in addition to the endometriosis. So I got that handled and then, yeah. And then 
I, we started looking in further into infertility treatment and we tried IUI several times and, and that doesn't work, didn't work for me. And then we had situations arise. Now, now this is, it blends together for me and I, but it's basically just imagine the last 13 years. And this is just things happening over that time frame. And so, and especially in the last four years, mm-hmm. there have been a lot of pretty wild things that have happened to us and we're still not parents. So mm-hmm. I'm not mm-hmm. going to give up, but, but yeah, so I had the endometriosis. I had some ovary issues and had some surgeries to get those handled. And then I, and then we thought, okay, let's just, like I said, the IUIs didn't work out. So we thought, okay, next steps and things. And then we got to the point where I was going to try IVF, mm-hmm. but with the, and then my husband and I talked about it and he's like, and then we, we really did. And he gave me a, a choice and thought, okay, if we try IVF, you get one chance because it, as everybody knows who has been in the, that world, it costs a lot of money and it's a lot of time and effort. Sure. And so, and so I thought, okay, one tran- one chance. And, and then I really, I just weighed everything and I decided not to do it. Mm. And I'm actually glad about that because I've heard, and I know yourself that, that you have, have done it. So, yeah. and I, I have acquaintances and I know people who have, have done it and some are successful and some aren't. And, but I just, at the time in our lives, it just, it, I didn't want to put myself through that. Mm. And then plus I knew that we had this upcoming move to England Mm-hmm. which we had planned years ago. So okay. we're still in the USA in the Pacific Northwest. And so I thought, okay, I, I don't want to do this right now. Maybe some other time, but not now. And then we ended up having some special family trips that we made. We got to go to the Philippines where my mom's from and mm-hmm. see that side of the family. And we got to go to England and see my husband's side of the family. And so we did that all in 2019. And then later in that year, in early 2020 is when the pandemic, we're going to try, we had some opportunities, surrogacy type opportunities. We also Mm -hmm. had some adoption type opportunities Mm -hmm. that all did not work out. And so I had those, we had those frustrations too. So you, you get to the point where you guys decided that you didn't, well, you specifically being the one having to go through the IVF treatment, you didn't want to do that. And I totally understand weighing the pros and the cons of that. I've known people in the community who have also decided not to move forward with IVF too. So it's not as uncommon as people think, but it is still very rare, you know? And so I totally understand that aspect. And so. You got sick at some point, right? And so can you tell us a little bit of how like 
you guys are trying to figure out the sur surrogacy options and adoption options, and then boom, you get sick. So was your sickness before or during the pandemic? Pandemic During. So I'm wow. going to go back to 2021. Okay. And so mid-2021, my husband had an accident where he needed, basically he needed knee surgery, and mm -hmm. he was in a wheelchair for three months. And then as he started to walk again, I had a very, very big surprise. It actually happened about two years ago now. We were babysitting our friend's kids. Our friends had to go out of town to a family member's wedding of theirs. And so we were babysitting their two kids. And I had put the kids to bed and they wanted one of us to spend time with them as they tried to go to sleep. And and so I I just ended up doing that. And then they finally fell asleep. And I thought, I don't want to be, I want to be in my own bed. So I got up with somehow without waking them up. They're mm -hmm. apparently they're heavy sleepers. And so I got out of our the bed in in our guest room and I went over to mine and my husband's room. And I that's the last thing I remember. Mm. So the next thing I woke up, I was in an ambulance. And so for about 45 minutes, 30 to 45 minutes, I was in what they call a postictal state. So what happened was I had a grand mal seizure in my sleep. Mm. And... Take your time, dear. Yeah. My my husband. Okay, so if I didn't move beds, I'll be frank, I would have died mm. if I didn't mm. switch beds. And I did switch beds. And I am grateful that I switched beds because I had a grand mal seizure in my sleep and my husband had, basically he saved my life and... Mm. Yeah, he called 911 and the fir the first responders came. And mm -hmm. apparently I was partially awake and that's what they call like I said a postictal state. So I was walking around and I was talking and I was awake, but I don't remember any of it. And so yeah, I ended up spend yeah, the, like I said the next thing I I knew I was in a in an ambulance. That's and then, so I remember the ride over to the hospital. And thankfully, at that time, we had lived really close to a hospital. So, mm -hmm. and that was Wonderful. good. But in the heart of the pandemic, they wouldn't allow anybody to visit at all. So I had to rely on, yeah. The staff or the medical. Yeah. I had, yeah. No, I had my phone. Okay. Yeah, the staff too. I had my, my cell phone. Thankfully, my husband was so kind mm -hmm. as to hand the paramedics my glasses because I have horrible vision. Okay. And my glasses and my cell phone. Mm -hmm. So I was able to communicate, communicate with friends and yeah. family mm -hmm. using my cell phone and I could see. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. But absolutely. yeah, I ended up seeing the hospital for six days and I had a, a six-hour surgery, 
to remove 99% of an almost tennis ball sized benign brain tumor. And so I really think that if I tried IVF, it's, I don't think it would have worked. And so, and yeah, I apparently have had this tumor since childhood and I never knew about it. I always thought something was wrong with me, but I could never put my finger on it. And now I can have, know the reasons why as to certain health issues and things. And so that's reassuring. And so, so yeah, then we went through all that. I had to quit my day job and I went on basically, um, medical leave of sorts and mm. i yeah so and then i don't i have no idea how this happened because it's never happened to me but and i i funny enough i really haven't told very many people so i'm gonna i'm gonna admit that right now <laughs> that in march of 2022 mm-hmm. i found out that i was pregnant the natural way and wow. Yeah. What a surprise. And how long yeah. had it been since you had the tumor removed? Was it a whole year then? Or no. just a matter of so, months? October of twenty twenty one is when I had my brain surgery. Okay. And then March of twenty twenty two is when I got pregnant the mat the natural way. Wow. And on April, and I'll never forget this. On April nineteenth of twenty twenty two is when I had my miscarriage, mm. and in stark contrast to my experience in the hospital for my brain surgery, which was very smooth, everyone was wonderful, and but on my miscarriage day, it was one of the worst days of my life, I'm and. Sure. My husband had to take me to the ER and I've been in infertility support groups before and I've talked to other people and there have been, and I've read books and and I've done a lot of research and people have talked about, I think it's called the products of conception. If they want to have some type of memorial service and they, they want to use, sounds gross, but it's just. No, not at all. products of conception, Mm. uh, some type of memorial service or, or, you know, remembrance of some type. And I'm, and I thought I never got that chance because I was treated so badly in the ER and I ended up in the, I didn't even, it it was just a really bad experience. Mm. And I ended up in the ER bathroom most of the time. And so were they? So did they have you in the ER waiting room, just waiting? Yeah, one of yeah. Those I was in the stories? ER waiting room for most of the time. We were there like six hours, maybe seven. And you were? Were you already bleeding and showing signs of of miscarriage, possibly? Or yeah, it was bleeding? awful. I was. Yeah, I was shaking. I was. I was in the worst pain I've ever been in, and. Yeah, it was it was just awful. Now I will say that one, the saving grace was we had there was one hospital employee who mm-hmm. was there that night who helped my husband and I, and she was the overnight like technician. Mm-hmm. She was an angel. <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. She was able to help us, and it was it was just a really good thing. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so before I was never able, I never was able to get pregnant ever, even even as a as a young young a lot younger person. Younger adult, I just yeah, it never happened. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and but now I get to join the that club of people who have gotten pregnant and then Mm -hmm. had miscarriages Mm -hmm. you know I could remove myself from that emotionally Mm -hmm. but now it's like now that happened and and then Mm -hmm. yeah so that that was that was I'm already dealing with the other things that happened in 2021 and now this happens and then also and in amongst all that we we sold our house that we had lived in for eight years and mm-hmm. we went and moved in with some friends. And then in April of 2023, we moved to England so that my husband could be closer to his fam- his side of the family. Gotcha. I've had just, it seemed like just boom, 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 just mm-hmm. all of these mm-hmm. things in a row that <laughs> make life hard. And so, yeah. I've somehow been able to get through it and I have other friends who have had brain tumors and similar experiences as I have and it's I'm just grateful that I'm walking and talking and I I just feel very lucky. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. So... The point that we're at now is I'm actually, we're looking into adopting an older child. Okay. But the rules in the UK are that you have to live here at least a year. So there again. Establish residence. (laughs) Yeah. And and show that you're a good citizen and a law abiding citizen and all those, those things. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, and I suppose they don't want people just moving here, adopt a kid, and then immediately Taking them back to the U.S., yeah. Or wherever they go, yeah. Is there any kind of stipulations for that sort of a thing? Like, after you adopt a child, you have to stay in the U.K. for a period of time afterwards? So, because I know they probably work similar to the U.S., where they kind of keep tabs on the children, even after adoption, with the social workers. Yeah, that one I'm not sure about. I need to look more into that. Right, But we're also considering, actually international adoption so we're gonna see about england but well Mm -hmm. and the uk but we're also gonna look into other countries as well but we we have to wait again Mm -hmm. until april so yeah all this waiting right it seems to be the theme and well i'm so glad that you survived the tumor and that your husband recovered sounds like he recovered pretty well from his injury as well. Yes. Um, the, and so everybody, you know, you guys were just going through so much, like you said, back to back to back. And then getting the the BFP for the first time 
and then losing said baby and, and having to heal from that. Were you getting any therapy after your tumor or during the process of being treated for the tumor to help deal with some of the emotional aspects at all? Yeah, actually, I did have a mental health counselor in the USA. And yeah, it was, it, she's, um, was very, very good counselor. And okay. yeah, so I, I did get that help in that way. Yeah. So that Only reason good. I ask is because sometimes whether you get the therapy or counseling for a short period of time or a long period of time, you kind of learn like these different coping mechanisms and ways to, that work for you to move through the pain and, and, and such and being able to still have some joy and, you know, find some moments of joy while you're still healing and, 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 and coming to terms with what has happened to you. So that's, that's why I kind of ask because sometimes people just go for a short period and, and they find that that's enough for them, you know, they get what they need. So. Yes. Yes. It's Mm -hmm. a good question. Thank you for asking. Yeah. I, I'm in a position where I, I do feel like mental health counseling and therapy is, is a positive thing and it's a really good thing, but it's really hard to find a counselor who mm-hmm. meshes with you. Yeah, so it is. And then if you want to add yeah. gender, like you want a female therapist or yeah. you want one who is not like religious based and you have to get through all these niches yeah. to kind of find the right one. It can feel a lot like possibly doing on job interviews and interviewing that company you know, or you being, so I get it. And what do you, what do you feel like is your number one motivation besides wanting to be a mom? Is there another, another motivation that keeps you on the path to parenthood? Yeah, that's a good question. I, yeah, it's it's the desire. Of course, the primary desire is to just so that my husband and I can have a child of our own to raise Mm -hmm. and call ours and, Mm -hmm. and delve into that Mm -hmm. lifestyle. And also I do have really close family and really close, close friends who already have children and those children are also in my life. And so how nice would that be to have my husband and I have our own child and then be able to have that child be a part of these other kids' lives as well. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, one of my brothers, he has one of his children is is one's an adult, but one's one's also a child. And okay. then the the kids we were babysitting, they're like kids to my husband and I. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then my best friend has four kids. So I, I do. It's it's just a sense of okay, I I want to be able to have that. I want us to have our own child, and then he or she will have people to play with and get to know as well. And yeah, mm-hmm. yeah and just I'm really also what's important to me is is I'm really big on friendships and family mm-hmm. and quality yeah, like time community thing, right? Yeah, the whole community, community aspect, quality mm-hmm. time with people, and so having a child is just a part of that. So, yeah I, yeah, I get it. I get it. I think that's kind of what we all feel like going into this craziness 
not knowing how it's all going to transpire. And I got my fingers crossed for you guys. And I hope thank that you. Whatever's going to happen in the near future for you guys on your path to parenthood and just your relationship as a couple that it all works out for you all. And why not you, right? I think yeah. that's how it kind of feels too along this journey. It's like, well, why not me? You know, I know that I have these medical issues, but why not me? I would make a good person, be a good parent. I'm a good person, pretty decent person, I think, right? <laughs> yeah. And then also part of me thinks I did, this did cross my mind recently, but I, I'm still going to try. We're still going to try adoption, but it did cross my mind that not having kids yet, and we don't have kids, not by choice. I mm -hmm. want to emphasize that because yeah. I know that there are people, we, we have friends and family who don't have kids by choice. Right. And I thought, well, gosh, what if I just, what if we just don't have kids? Mm. And then, because I do know with that, we do have a lot, like, we do have a lot of freedoms, mm -hmm. but why can't we? Yeah, so I, I wrestle with that. And I think, I know, I know that having a child will change, change, changes people's lives. Build I still want to give it a try. Yeah. So, yeah. but yeah, there is, there is that sense of just freedom with, with not having little ones to look after, I suppose. But yeah, well, there's nothing wrong with still wanting and desiring to have the opportunity to raise children and to do it right, you know, and even in this crazy world we live in, you know, it's still a blessing to be able to care for another life and, and be entrusted with that, with that special, special bond. And I did want to ask you too, if you were standing face to face with yourself as a younger woman in the earlier parts of your path to parenthood, what would you go back to yourself and tell her that you, something that you think would help her? Yeah, that's a good question. I would tell her to get her brain checked out for sure. <laughs> MRI. And then I would say, uh, tackle all the medical problems. And then I would actually tell myself to be more, see if I could be more, do more to mm. be able to become a mom sooner. You mean like getting, getting testing or. Yeah. Just okay. Making it happen. Being more proactive earlier. Yes. Gotcha. Being more proactive earlier. Yes. Okay. Do you feel like you waited too long? Was there, is there times where you feel like you waited too long to get started? It feels like that. Also, though, I, I, <laughs> I think about those types of situations and then I think, but I, but I also remember the type, there, there are people who say to no regrets, right? Mm. And I wouldn't change a thing. You know, those phrases. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well... Then I think about like the butterfly effect and mm -hmm. think, well, even if I made a change, then wouldn't I not be where I am today? Like how much of a, ch it's, it's, it's hard to wrestle with that and decide on that, but because, 
that's something I think about a lot too, is cause and effect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. I think, I think back to the, yeah. So mm-hmm. it's just mm-hmm. those types of things that I think about. Yeah. I got you. Is there anything you would say to newly diagnosed women or she, he, they, them, and they're struggling mentally and emotionally and grappling with the idea that they're struggling and need help to become parents. Is there a word of encouragement you would have for someone like that? Well, yeah, (laughs) you know, (laughs) I just, just don't give up. I mean, it sounds, it might sound trite, but it, Mm. because, and it's so, it's such a common phrase, but it really does have meaning. Just don't give up and do everything you can to become a parent in the way that you want to be a parent. And on that journey, find things that bring you joy and hold on to those. I mean, as you go through any steps and processes that you're going through, just, mm-hmm. I know for me, I'm a, I'm a giant fan of laughter and fun. Mm-hmm. I'm a goofy gal and I love to laugh and be silly and joke around. And so for me, humor is a, is a really big, big for me. So yeah, yeah don't give joy. up and hold on to humor. Yeah, absolutely. Please, please, you guys, because <laughs> it, 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 you don't know which way it's going to go and you got to be prepared and there's things that we can do to put us in a better mind space to be able to deal with the stress that comes along with this path that we're on and that you on, you guys are on, I should say, because I'm done and no looking back at this point. I'm a sensitive person and, and I, mm-hmm. I just can't bring myself anymore unless I'm Unless it's one of my best friends or something, I'm probably Mm -hmm. not going to go to a baby shower. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm probably not going to go to a, I might not even go to a kid's birthday party. It just depends, but Mm -hmm. it's just, it's hard for, to be around that. Nothing against the people. It's just, you know. Dealing with your own inner, yeah, exactly. And I know that you've, you've talked about this a lot is the the silent suffering. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it it, it kind of lingers and, and you almost feel, number one, you feel guilty for feeling that way, especially when you do want to be there for others and support them and support what's happening in their family. And at the same time, it's almost like you have to protect your own well-being as well and knowing how to gauge what you can handle at that time. Because there may be a year where you could do all the things and it and it feels okay and you can do it and you can show up the way that you want to for others. And then there's times where you just can't, you shut it all down. Like you just can't do any of it. And I think that we have to give ourselves grace. And I think that we have to be honest with ourselves about where we are and not try to force these things. Even though we love these people deeply. It is very difficult to deal with your own struggles and still show up and love people the way they need you to love them, when, especially when there's children involved on their end. So uh, you have a podcast too, girl. What, what's the name of your podcast? On a lighter yes. note. Yes, on a lighter note. Yes. Yes. It's called Punctuated by a Lemon. 
Yes, it is so entirely cute and funny. Glenovely and her brother Thank do you. it together, and it's a really easy, easy listen. They oh. don't keep a lot of your time, depending on what they're talking about. Mm. So you guys, make sure you check that out in the show details. You'll find a link to her website and to the platform as well. Is there another way you want anyone to connect with you, Glenobly, through Instagram or anything or email? Yeah, actually, I don't. I don't do Instagram, but okay. yeah. So I actually we have we just I just started this. My brother Russ and I. So we've had our podcast for three years now, and we're going to have it for a long time. So, but recently I actually started a, a private Facebook group mm-hmm. called Punctuated by Lemon. So definitely welcome to join that. And I welcome communications with others. And I do have an email that I'll give okay. you. And actually, I, I'm going to say I have a blog that has a little bit of cobwebs on it. <laughs> So, um, but it's still there. And so mm-hmm. I'm going to use that email address okay. that yeah. I use that I still have for that. So at the time I made the blog, it's called, I play the computer keyboard mm. because I like, I, I love to type and mm-hmm. write. And I also love the, like the piano and the keyboard, mm-hmm, the piano mm-hmm. keyboard. So yeah, I did a I dual you. word thing and, <laughs> and just said like, I play the computer keyboard. And so short for, I play the computer keyboard. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So easy to remember. Yes. I P T C K yahoo.com. Literally, I don't want to take up too much of your time. So I appreciate you dear for coming on the show. And I have all my fingers. I don't know if I could do the other ones. Cross for you <laughs> and hubby as you move forward and adopting in the UK or abroad in the next year or two when you guys are eligible. I just appreciate you for sharing with us some of the most vulnerable times of your life. And uh, we got through it, girl. We did it. We got through it, right? <laughs> yes. And thank you, Monique, for having me and for this podcast that you put together so eloquently and helping people who are in this type of situation. As you guys know, we can't do any of this alone. Infertility, miscarriage, etc. or life for that matter. We can't do it alone. And I do not want to leave you guys silently suffering. And I appreciate you, friend, for tuning in to another episode of Infertility and Me Podcast. You guys know where to find me on the gram, Infertility and Me Podcast, for more fertility-related content, as well as updates about what's happening in and around the community. And my email, infertilityandme at outlook.com, or you could just connect with me on the gram or through YouTube. So I appreciate you, friends. If you resonated with today's episodes, get in touch with Glenobly or myself and or comment on the YouTube channel. Until next week, you guys, peace and blessings. Hey friend, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Infertility and Me podcast. You can connect with me and other members in the community on Instagram at 
Infertility Amy podcast and or watch on YouTube at Infertility and Me podcast. You can also email me at infertilityandme at outlook.com for a chance to record and help in the stigmas surrounding infertility so that we can reach more friends who may be silently suffering. Until next time. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up zero to one grams of net carbs, five to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.